Improv Beat by Beat. I'm Curtis Rutherford. I interviewed 24 different improvisers and then edited together chunks of those interviews to investigate different aspects of improv one piece at a time. This is episode 10, The Herald Group Games. This episode continues the episode's breaking apart pieces of the Herald. In a Herald, after the opening and the three first scenes, is a group game. Then, after the three second beats, which return to the games of those three first beats, is another group game. Those two group games split up each set of returns to the beats. They're a chance for the entire team to do scenes as one unit, rather than as a series of small scenes. They're commonly referred to as a palate cleanser. A chance to do something different, to refresh the audience before returning to the beats. You know, like the palate cleanser you have at all those cheese and wine tastings you're always going to. You know, those. Anyway, you get the idea. Because group games can involve everyone on stage at once, they can often get very messy. But they're one of my favorite things to work on and to do. A team that can do a great group game can, in general, easily do great two-person scenes. When I'm coaching, I'll have teams generally do three group games as part of a warm-up, and I'll also often spend the last 15 to 20 minutes of each practice just working on group games. Because getting good at group games requires a heightened peripheral vision to see people making moves anywhere on stage, extreme amounts of listening and agreement, and they require knowing exactly when to take focus and make a big clear move. A common phrase you'll hear with group games is that they should be 90% yes and only 10% and. If you've got eight people on stage, you can't have every single one of them anding nonstop. One more thing. At UCB and at many other places, it's common to have eight-person teams for heralds. The assumption is that if six people are in the first beats, each of the other two people can initiate one of the group games. They don't have to, but it's generally considered polite, especially in classes, to let one of those people who weren't in those first beats to get a chance to initiate. Up first is John Scrabus to talk about different types of group games. What I love to drill into people with group games is that there can only ever be two opinions on stage. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's very similar to just a two-person scene. You're either both on the same page or one of you is unusual and one of you is a straight man. Um, And so if there are eight people on stage, it means that everyone has fallen on one side or the other of our positions. We're either, you know, all eight unusual and we're therefore have to uh, frame ourselves and say why we're being funny. Or one person is the straight man and we have seven unusual people, but they're all unusual in the same way. Yeah. So that's what I drill and probably what most people drill into people with group games. Right. You know, don't do your own thing. You're you are representing one person mm-hmm. effectively. And, it, and it's very similar to the idea in the group game of how do I combine with this idea that somebody else pitched? If I'm also one of the unusual people, not how do I add my own kind of spin to it? But how do I just jump on that premise? That yes, yes, did? right away. And yeah, that's. That's really hard to do in group games. You have to jump on the first thing that was said and uh, try to say yes to it, or it gets confusing really quickly, mm-hmm. or else you have a very crazy world very fast. Right. Are there any like exercises that you particularly like running for that kind of thing? 
I like to run just different kinds of group games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely love having everybody come on stage and just do the same thing. And then the last person out has to label w- what's happening, but they're still doing the same thing. So it's just practicing that muscle of like labeling, making it clear. Even if you feel like the odd man out, even if you're, you're coming in late, you don't have to be the coach and everybody else is the team. Like you mm-hmm. can still jump in as the team and just clarify like why right. we're here, why we're doing this. I also think kind of in group games, knowing how to share focus and keeping in mind that we want to see the unusual thing more than anything else. So even if you're seven straight men and one unusual person, you seven straight men are still just one voice yes. and you should be less of the scene. We yeah. still want mostly the fun thing. Yeah. And that's really hard to do if there are seven of you trying to straight man for one unusual right. person. Everybody wants to like say why it's weird. Yeah. And it becomes then like one eighth of the scene is unusual and seven eighths is just like, but, but, yeah, but, exactly. yeah. I find the same thing also happens on the other end when you have the seven people playing unusual that sometimes it's like, seven moves and then the, the one voice of reason gets to say like uh wait but this is funny because and then there's already five yes. more moves on top of it exactly yeah we need we need that mix of both of those things it should probably I, I guess i've never really thought about it in terms of numbers but i feel like it should be maybe 70 percent the unusual thing mm-hmm. and 30 percent the voice of reason yeah but you're right it's really easy to get it really loaded on one side or the other in a group game. So as far as running then different types of group games, let's talk about like some of those like different types. Oh yeah. So obviously there's just like, so everybody out. My favorite kind gets to, you get to be really silly. It's really fun to have eight really smart people thinking of ways you can play the game. Mm -hmm. You know, you can really open it up. So I like that. Then there's all versus one, obviously. And I tend to think that's more fun if it's seven unusual people and Mm -hmm. one straight man. I've also been thinking a lot about and trying to work on what if... What if we are seven straight men and one unusual person? Is there a way we can all begin to play that game one at a time? Yeah. Um, And, you know, slowly transition so that more and more of us are on board with the unusual person. Last night I was, or two nights ago, I was coaching Big Mouth Judy and they had that. and And the way that I put it is I want you guys to pan over. If there's seven unusual people and seven straight men, if we're only seeing the voices of reason seven voices of reason in one unusual person. Yeah, let's like peel away each voice of reason and have them join that like unusual person as a new character. Yes. Or just start playing that game like you said. Yeah. It's hard to do though. Yeah. Um, And a lot of times you can get misread. I definitely have tried to make a move where I've tried to go support that unusual person and it has definitely just seemed like I you know, didn't know what the game was. But I I noticed in our practice two days ago, uh, we had a really fun group game where Liz was like a a mystical bridge troll. Mm -hmm. And she was unusual and all seven of us were straight men in Mm -hmm. that scene. And at a certain point, she just made herself disappear. She was like, goodbye. (laughs) And it was great because I had been thinking like, oh, I wish there's a way for more of us to play this fun game. And as soon as she disappeared, it opened up the door for someone else to pop up as a genie or... I don't know. Another. I think I was a wizard. A wizard? Yeah. That was you. Yeah. Yeah. And then you were the Sphinx after that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then all three of us got to be on stage being unusual. And it was just such a cool. So I guess if you're the unusual person in group game, you should make yourself disappear. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) That's the lesson. (laughs) It is. It was a very, like, also, like, savvy and trusting move as far as, like, you guys have this. Mm -hmm. I'm now going to set up the next person without making it clear I'm setting up the next person. Yeah. And. But yeah, you guys have this. Yeah, it was great. It was really smart. Yeah, the unusual person doesn't often like just let off the gas like that. 
but no. it did. It forced us to like, oh crap, this vehicle's still moving. We got to yeah. jump in. Yeah. <laughs> what are some other like types of group games you like to see, or and like different ways of then initiating? Those? Yeah, I really love a nice presentational group game. I think yeah. that can be anything. It can be super weird. It can be commercial, obviously. It could just be. A presentation. It can also just be, you know, we're different organs in the body. Mm-hmm. And I think those are really fun for a second group game. Yeah. Because it really changes things up of we've only been talking to each other. We get to then talk to the audience. Yes. And especially like thinking of it like we're all comedians. I'm more used to watching television or like watching yeah. or doing stand up and seeing that and like interacting with the audience, which we don't normally get to do. Yeah. I also think it's maybe a good opportunity to think about what the theme of the show is or to bring the suggestion back in some cool way. Um, and you just don't see them that much. So I think it's you know surprising and fun. Yeah. What else? I like a hero's journey, a good hero's journey group yeah. game. Were you, so it's where you're like then going to from place to place? Yeah, you're taking one character and you know exploring their story arc in yeah. this group game. So how does that not become plot? Or, like, what are then the good elements of plot that we can take that and to keep it from just being like, and then he went here and here and here? How is that a group game and not? Oh, that's a good question. I think it often is plotty. Uh, I guess sometimes I don't, I don't mind that. But I do think the way you prevent that is by having a take, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's important to remember, in, especially in group games. What's your take on this? Why? It's funny that we're all repeating this pattern, but why yeah or if we're if we're seeing this hero's journey and it's it's just a i mean it could literally be a superhero right like what is our feeling as the narrator on this character so i think that's important to just what is our comedic voice in this scene and it can be anything you know it doesn't have to be a joke but as soon as we figure out how we feel about what we're watching and why we're doing it it's gonna i think remove it from being a plotty thing and it's gonna start to hone it in a direction of like a comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like when we did the movie, it's like very much, oh, we have to have plot in terms of events happen and things change. Yes. But it's always that same game. It's always whatever we found fun in each new place or as new events are happening. Exactly, yeah. Any other types of group games you really like? I mean, I guess there's one that starts as a single person on stage or starts as a, as two people on stage and more people join. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you would call that. I mean, that's fun to do, but yeah. I, I don't I don't specifically practice that one. Yeah. That just feels more like, oh, sometimes you do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you start a two-person scene in the group game slot, and then people figure out how they're going to join in. Mm-hmm. Can you think of any other types of group games? Not really. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there are many that we're forgetting, and I'd love to think about what those are. And also, it, it depends on, I guess, how we're then classifying them because right, it's right. like it would be a matrix of overlapping things if, if we're thinking of initiations it's like yeah are you initiating as one two or eight people are you initiating with a line with a movement all those things as opposed to like what is the end result yeah become i also think group game slot in a show is a good place to figure out what's been happening in the show and mm-hmm. where we need to go now energy wise so if we've had a really crazy high-energy show, which I think would be f- fun and probably is, is a rarer problem for right. a team to have. Like, the show's been too fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where do we How go? How do we slow this yeah, down? Yeah. Yeah. Then a group game would be a, a spot where you could, like, really change the energy and slow it down. Or I guess you could keep that really fun momentum going. But generally, it's, man, we've had, like, three kind of talky scenes. We haven't had a lot of activity. Now's our chance to try to turn the show around mm-hmm. and bring up the energy. And let's, you know, let's start with an 
everybody doing the same thing, yeah. everybody being physical, get in here kind of scene. Yeah. And I think starting physically for a group game is really fun. I love when a team decides to allow, especially for a second group game, just for anything to happen in that spot. Because I think that's a good time for it. Yeah, yeah. That was John Scrabus. By the way, in that interview, I incorrectly said Big Mouth Judy, referring to the Lloyd team, Judy Big Mouth, because at the time I'd only coached them twice. Sorry, Judy Big Mouth. I fucked up. Also, I think I should explain what I meant by panning over a little bit more. Imagine there's a line of eight weird people and eight voices of reason, right in a row like that, left to right. If we're only seeing the voices of reason in a scene, or mostly seeing the voices of reason in just one weird person, imagine that the camera is only showing us the right side of that line. So the camera could slowly pan over to the left, revealing each weird person who was always there in that scene. We just didn't hear from them. As that happens, we're losing sight of one of those voices of reason, who maybe then has to switch and become a new character playing the game. Or they're the same character, but now they're playing that game as well. Whatever. The idea is that the entire world still contains some of these weirdos, even if we're only seeing the people saying, Hey you, you're weird. So let's see more of those weird people. One by one, those voices of reason can peel off and become the weird person. So just because we start with seven voices of reason doesn't mean we need to end that way. Here's Joey Price with more on group games and weird people. What's your favorite part of the Herald to do or teach? I think the last three or four years on a house team, I, I think group games are the best. Great. Okay, so let's talk group games. So what <laughs> yeah. is the ideal Joey Price group game? It's either eight weird people or seven weird people and one normal person. Mm -hmm. How come? I don't want to see, like, I mean, I've seen this scene, this kind of scene will work. So it's not like this never works because I've definitely been in scenes where this does work. But I don't, I, I don't want to see seven normal people yelling at one weird person, sure. right? Which I think is a common thing that we all yeah. don't want. And again, that can work. Uh, but in general, I just think it's like more fun if everybody's on the same page. Yeah. So I guess my ideal thing is like kind of starting out maybe with only a half idea, just kind of getting out there and starting to do something. And everybody just kind of jumping on board with it, saying like – I love a group game that's maybe 30 seconds of everyone just saying the same thing over and over yeah. again without anything added to it than just like, oh, hey, it's already 5 o'clock. It's already 5 o'clock. Whack. Hey, already? It's already 5 o'clock. <laughs> hey, it's 5 o'clock, right? Just that for a little while. Yeah. I think it's like there's – it's maybe not funny, but there's something just kind of like engaging about it uh, from an audience perspective. And uh, so slowly building on to that is really great. I also – this was a Sleuth group game once, I believe. I also like group games where it's like they're fairly presentational and can sometimes like antagonize an audience. Uh, I do think those are fun. Yeah, we did once where it was where it was like a freak show at a circus. Do you remember this group game? It was a freak show at a circus and. And I think, like, the stuff that we were doing wasn't that freaky. Right. And then we would just turn to the audience and be like, "Who? you're the real freaks. <laughs> like, we would, we would scream at the audience and call them freaks. And, like, I think that's so funny. Yeah. So, yeah, something like that, too. I mean, that's a fairly specific answer. But I like, I like presentational ones where everyone's just kind of on the same page with yeah. each other. Yeah. And even when you say eight weird people, it's eight weird people in the exact same mm -hmm. way, right? 
Yeah, that's an important distinction. Oh, God, like eight weird people with their own point of views would be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's a big thing that I do in 301, too. And 401 is just like, just everyone be the exact same. Once you get to, once you're like working heralds every week, then maybe you can like branch out of that and find some other ways to do it. But I think especially when you're first working on group games, just everyone jump on board and be the exact same idiot and... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's definitely my favorite part of group games. Yeah. What are your favorite things to do with a class or a team to get them better at group games? I guess in 301, I do a little bit. But in 401, I don't do a lot of, like, exercises with group games. I just kind of have them do a lot of group games. And then just note. And then uh, note or just be like, they'll start one and 30 seconds in, I'll be like, okay, stop. Start it the exact same way. And now, but everybody just be this Everyone just match what we mm-hmm. what the f- initiation is. Don't do anything else. I think like that is has been a lesson that I've learned too by watching other teachers. I sat in on like a Zach Willis class, mm-hmm. and he did that a handful of times. Um, just kind of like thirty seconds into a scene, just being like, "Stop, start over." Yeah, and I think like that is big. Students learn more from good scenes than they do bad scenes. Yeah, and so being okay stopping a thing and just having them start it over again that's a valuable tool to have and then so they're learning group games essentially by that kind of like guided repetition of like hey you're doing it now i'm gonna adjust you this way and this way so that way it's the only purpose of an exercise is to feel what something feels like exactly and then you're then just doing having them do that in the group game itself. yeah i mean i think that there are very valuable exercises i think like panel discussion is mm-hmm. like a, a great exercise for it that we do on like the first day of 101 that is like yeah all it is is you know, a handful of people up there, you as a teacher kind of get to lead it. So you're able to kind of help them along the way too, and just have them just all match and be the same person. I think that's a valuable exercise uh, that you can run. That's probably the one that I do the most outside of just running group games. Yeah. That was Joey Price. Joey talks about agreement as did Jana and as will everyone else in this episode. It's the most important part of group games. It is, of course, foundational to all improv, but group games are a quick way to see when it's not there. With the two-person scene, the coach and maybe some of the audience members can tell when there's not enough agreement, but with group games, everyone can tell when there's not enough agreement. It's the difference between testing a bridge by slowly walking across it or by just getting a bunch of people to jump up and down on it all at once. If people aren't agreeing, your group game is going to go south really quickly. Here's Devin Ritchie. So, this comes from the jams too where uh-huh. i have to just echo what the students say you know i like to i don't have to i like to yeah i'm like me too we all think that you know like really just blowing it out yeah you know, i really like a lot of these warm-up exercises that are all about like whatever choice somebody made they're just true now and yep. just move on it's just true and celebrate it move on and celebrate it one time I was in a class with, and this is really just like, yes, 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 yes. So like I was in a class with Christian and we were doing a, like a scene in a, uh, a spaceship. And I was like a captain of a spaceship or something. And somebody was like, Oh, captain, we, uh, like some interlopers are coming and we had their boarding and blah, blah. And we're like, Oh, okay. This, and like one person, uh, Phoebe's at Mari just like gets sucked out of a black hole randomly. And all of us stood there just like, like a little bit in our brains, like that's not what we're doing. 
like we're kind of doing this and right. we kind of ruined the baseline reality but like oh and then we kind of just kept talking as we we're like that was weird we keep talking about like what we're actually doing and christian was like hmm seems like somebody got sucked out of a black hole and i'm like yeah and they're like i don't care what you think about that move do not judge it yeah just get sucked out of the black hole too and we're like, oh, okay, fine. And I got sucked that black hole. And that scene was so fun. Yeah. And I had to, like, really tell myself, like, do not judge each other's moves at all. If they're bad, you know, whatever. But, like, it's more often than not just going to be fun if you just accept it as true. Yeah. Um, so many people take that don't think as don't think what I'm doing rather than, like, hey, also don't think about uh, your teammates and what they're doing. Just, like, yeah. be with them and react with them. Yeah. And so now... When people say, like, think of your scene partner like a genius, like, that is always a little hard for me. But recently, I think I've had a couple people explain it to me this way, but, like, like, and Will Hines is, like, when I want to imagine my scene partner as a genius, no matter who they are, he's, like, I imagine them as Neil Casey saying right. that. Right. You know, whatever they're saying is Neil Casey doing it. And I'm sure whatever he, if he said that, I would think it's brilliant. Yeah. You know, and I'd be, like, oh, okay, we'll do whatever, you know. And I do that. So I imagine, like, whatever who the best improviser i think is who for me is brandon scott jones sure and i'm like if he said this i would love it and support the shit out of it and so i really just try to imagine like how would i love this and i'm gonna love this even if i my character like is feeling the emotion of not liking this or something i'm celebrating it as fucking true you know and so i really like to have everybody just glom on two points of view yeah. you know and it's really just like group games have two points of view like really period. hardcore yep period that's it if we're all just being weird butter churners i'm like i just need somebody being not just give me one person yeah being not the same type of weird butter churner but we don't need both somebody saying hey why are you guys turning all the butter and then like the boss's daughter comes in and thinks something else no. and then the boss's oh son comes in and the, yeah and group games like at their worst are like eight clever people standing in a half circle or an right. empanada being more clever than each other. Yeah. And it's usually funny because like you're funny if you've gotten to this eight point. funny people. Exactly. You're eight funny people who are clever and it will work, but like, it's not the point of a group game. The point of a group game is like to really like flush out an idea. Like we're never going to have a second beat of this. I mean, I mean, you might call it back a little, but like all the other ones, like you have to heighten kind of slowly. This one, you blow it the fuck out the first time. Right. You're never going to see it. So like, Go to Crazy Town this one time. This is when we're asking you to. And, like, you can heighten anything. Like, literally, I just love just, like, matching somebody's physicality, their voice, whatever yep. they're saying. I err on the side of just repeating it. And, like, 90% yes, 10% and for group games. Um, now, you need something to you need something to yes. So sure. somebody better be making some choices. Because otherwise it's going to be like, uh, oh, we're all just waving our arms right. weird. Oh, until, like... Hi. I'm like, no, somebody make a bold choice still, and somebody else make another very bold choice, and we just glom onto our sides and heighten the shit out of it. People often don't use yeses as a way to honor comedic choices of like, I'm yesing specifically, I noticed you did this thing, and I think this thing is great, and that's why I'm yesing this out of everything you did. I'm yesing all of it and especially accentuating what I love. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. That was Devin Ritchie. Group games aren't the time to judge the other people on your team. I mean, really, there's never a time you should be judging the other people on your team. As with the pattern game, you're doing something very tough as a group. If you're wasting your mental energy at that time by judging your teammates' moves as wrong, you're the one doing something wrong. You're slowing everyone down when you should be helping them out. Jump on board. Get in there. Here's Lydia Hensler. 
At one point, she will reference wasps at a dinner party, referring to her metaphor that was in episode one, framing the game in justification. Basically, it was respond to unusual things, react to them. Don't let them pass you by with a tight-lipped smile and a nod, as would a bunch of uptight white Anglo-Saxon Protestants at a dinner party. So, here's Lydia Hensler. Group games are one of my favorite things to teach, and the one of the things I'll always talk about in that, you know, when somebody's like, um, hey, architects, get in here, we, we can't make buildings, or whatever, and then... You know, there's a million different uh, pitfalls that happen with scenes like that. But the one of the things, the politeness thing that I talk about that is one of those pitfalls is everyone thinks the person stepping out has some expected reaction that they want from everybody as though they've come up with some amazing premise by saying architects get in here. Right. It's like they're not they don't hold the keys to the scene. They are they're like being a trooper and just starting the Uh scene. And I think it's like you have we have to treat we want to treat everybody like geniuses, but we can't treat them like they they know how the scene is supposed to go. The scene ha- hasn't been created right. yet. Yeah, and so if you're like, architects, we've got to build building. We don't know how to build buildings anymore or something. And if somebody's like, John, you have to stop calling these meetings in the middle of the night. I know you're lonely, but like this is ridiculous. You know, then it's about John and his yeah. loneliness, and we just did that. Now we're doing that scene, and it's not like the guy who started that scene or the gal who started that scene is like, that's not what I had in mind. Yeah, exactly. Like they just were starting a scene because it's time to do a group game and nobody stepped out. And they know? wanted that response, but the response yeah. generally is more of a tepid like, yeah, rather than a strong like, yes, and da 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 da. It's just yeah. like, yeah, okay, we let's work on the building. You're yeah, right. Yeah, they try to. We oftentimes initially when doing group games, especially ones like that where somebody's pitched like saying something to a, a group, it becomes this weird line of people and everyone pitching ideas to actually solve the problem. Right. And that's something I think we talk about in 101. You know, even if somebody's just like, "Oh no, my car won't start," like. We never care if you start your car. Like, the problem never needs to get solved because the the scene is always about the people in the scene and the relationships in the scene. And the problem or, like, the scenario, the premise, whatever, that's there to serve the fun thing. And the fun thing should always be you guys, you know? Or the world at large, you know? Because we can't see the car. Yeah, nobody cares about this car. This building's never getting built. Yeah. Who cares? It's the same thing with, like, teaching scenes. I'm like, nobody came to an improv show to, like, learn how to ballroom dance. Like, I don't care like that's not what it's about i want to see your ex-boyfriend teach you how to ballroom dance because you didn't know he was teaching this class and this is awful right like that's where there's a fun scene yeah what's your like elevator pitch for like group games so like this is what i want to see in a group game well i think the thing that we talk about a lot when we're first teaching group games is this idea of like 90 percent yes 10 percent and because it's just listening i think the biggest thing is listening because that's when you get six different ways to build a building instead of just being like whoa 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 even if one person makes one one choice like mm-hmm. everybody needs to get on board with that choice because we're looking for that first unusual thing not just a bunch of clever pitches but I think I I think I love group games so much because I've been on such fun cohesive groupy teams and especially grandma's ashes we I mean our heralds were like all group game heralds like we love group scenes and I think it's because I really think it's just listening and then just joy. Like, it was just like, let's have the silliest, most fun time while making sense that we can possibly mm-hmm. have. So when I, I get, I don't know, I feel like I'm not really answering the question, but I feel like with a group scenes, I think treat, I, I often say 90%, uh, yes, 10% and, which I think is a common thing all teachers say. A, a, a big thing is like, keep treating it like a two-person scene. Like, mm-hmm. 
everybody work together, find the game, and then once you know the game, same as like when we rest the game, once you know what it is, you know what you're doing. You know, there's like a, a blueprint. You don't know what the game moves will be, but you know where you're headed. So then there's all this room to indulge in all the other fun stuff. And I think my favorite group games to be a part of anyway are when we all know what the game is, we all know it's fun, but also every one of us has like a weird character game too that they're playing whilst everyone's driving the scene for another game. So it's, I love when there's game, like there's a a hard game that's like the architect of the scene and then there's like all these sub games and patterns and stuff. And it's just a dream. Which feels almost like a sitcom or a cartoon. Like, oh, we know what this character's going to do. We know what Goofy's going to do. We know what Mickey's going to do or whatever. It's so fun. But they are all trying to build the boat or whatever yeah it is. It, and it's just like I remember this is like from a very recent show we were doing like a it was a presentational group game and we were you know like a we'd come to the school to talk about your body and we were doing like talking about pubic hair and what's de- what's growing down right. there you know so we're all doing these like silly rhymy fun things but like the fun of it was that we were it was like a very pro body but also like we were highlighting what's so scary about it and so it was really fun self-love kind of group game and then we just you know kind of gifted Brandon with the idea that he kept bringing up his personal experience in this and so it was so fun because like the actual premise was so fun and then Mm -hmm. anytime Brandon popped in with like some experience he's like when I was in school I had a boyfriend we're like Jeremy stop it stop it right now you gotta stop bringing your stuff into this you know uh, it's just so fun. And that's, if if I may, mm-hmm. uh, to segue into another pitfall that happens yeah. with group games a lot, is like maybe we found that fun thing, and if somebody didn't hear it or didn't catch it, they'll pitch some other weird fun thing. And again, don't be wasped at a dinner party. Like, label that, dig into that, because if the minute you give that that person a label or that idea a label, then there's all this freedom to do it, do it again, and it doesn't look like a mistake. So if, like, I had wandered on stage in that scene and was just, like, drunk or something, they can be like, oh, sorry, that's Bev. Uh, right. She's actually on a leave of absence from the tour group. She's uh, She's got a drinking problem. And then, like... Even though it, that wasn't the right thing to do yeah. because we already had what we were working with, it's now it's another thing. So now anytime I decide to like cry or throw up or just wander around, it's it's on game for me. You exactly. Know? And it's, it's been like a, folded in so it'll yeah. no longer derail the whole thing. Yeah, and it's like yeah. a fun little bell you can ring, you know? That was Lydia Hensler. Again, Lydia brought up the idea of not judging your team, of not worrying about the right thing to do and instead just reacting to it, bringing it into the scene. Finally, here's Molly Thomas to talk about one particular type of scene that really only exists in general as a group game. I love a group game. Well, Iggins makes fun, not uh-huh. makes fun of me, but like, <laughs> I guess I've come out a couple times and I'll just like do it. Uh, specifically, Iggins says like a drip. Yes. I'll like just make <laughs> a drop of water fall somewhere on stage uh, more eloquently a physical add-on group game. Yeah. So, yeah, my favorite is is starting physical mm-hmm. and just building whatever it is as a team. And yeah. so when you initiate that, is it generally like going back to the suggestion or is it pulling a little bit from like some random physical thing from the opening or Well, we for a while we weren't doing openings and so it would just be usually based on the suggestion. So that's more if we don't have an opening. But also, I really love either doing a first beat or a second beat and just knowing what premise you're going to pull and yeah. starting from there, just like, oh, yes, I already know. Right. 
I already know where we're going to start. That's probably the control freak in me. Right. Uh, with those like physical style group games, if you're coaching a group and you want them to do that, what, mm-hmm. what's like the advice that you give them of like, these are the things to push towards and these are the things to look out for? Well, I actually just was teaching a 301 class, these kind of group games mm-hmm. yesterday. And the main thing I realized is that I just kept saying them to them, what does it feel like is happening? And just keep doing that. So, and that's probably partially something that I love about it is that it's one of the times you can most turn your brain off. Even though I don't, I mean, we're never turning our brains off when we're doing this. Even though we say don't think. It's like, well, you're thinking a lot. But I guess it's more that the thinking is coming from like your guts and your heart Mm -hmm. than from your logical brain. Mm -hmm. And just like, yeah, just like don't panic. Yeah. Follow that thing. Yeah, because especially in those group games, the first like 15 seconds is very scary because it's like you've defined nothing, often verbally. And it's like, oh, I don't even know what the world is. I just know there's a feather dropping or whatever. Right, right. Or a a drop. Or a drop. Yeah, or just a single (laughs) water drop. a single (laughs) water droplet. (laughs) Um, And you have to like really push into that and just go like, okay, so somebody else be another drop or something else or just like slowly adding to that. Right. And I and I think that's part of it, too, which is sometimes hard for me to remember is that I've been with the same team for three years. Mm-hmm. And so I know that no matter what happens, they're going to make sense of it. And so it's a lot easier to love those games when you know that everybody else has your back mm-hmm. than when you're in a class or with a practice group or a team where you're not sure. Yeah. Or even if you are sure they're going to try to get your back. I don't know. It's just maybe they're not going to pick up on what you're trying to do. Yeah. Or, or you'll yeah. do the one drop and they'll come out and go like, oh, what are you What are you doing over there? And right. just like negate it instantly without. Uh, yeah. 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 I feel like those are the types of group games that pe- like you almost never see on Lloyd. Or you see right. a lot less frequently on Lloyd. And I think like just in general coming up, it really, you don't see it as much until kind of Herald. And I don't know if that's like a... Well, part of it, I guess, is if you have, because they're doing the pattern game, mm-hmm. it doesn't make as much sense. It's not as organic for that yeah. to come up because presumably they have at least five ideas. And so if you started that, then you're ignoring presumably sure. one of the premises from yeah. the opening. And also, even if you do that, your teammates are going to be thinking, what's the premise they're pulling and how yeah. can I? So it's easier if you're doing sound and movement up top or a yeah. different opening. Also, that stage isn't as conducive to doing big physical things no. as the Chelsea Theater. Yeah. So, But yeah, they're so playful. They're such a great way for a team to play and get on the same page. Mm-hmm. That- why do you love those particularly? You mentioned that it's very much just kind of like you're not really thinking, you're just pushing like... I think because they're so surprising and playful and theatrical and also, I guess, the payoff when you do figure out what's going on, whether it's sooner or later, it feels like that like aha moment is more rewarding than like an everybody get in here group game. Because the audience is seeing you guys figure it out as well. Right, right. And that, yeah, the nonverbal communication, that physical communication that's happening is so exciting. It feels even more magical watching it where it's just like, oh, how did they do that so quickly? Right, right. And even being in it. Yeah. Especially, I especially love 
I mean, I think this is why my team uh, teases me about it, is that I love the feeling of I'm just going to make a bold move. Mm -hmm. And then I trust that somebody else... First of all, I trust that the team will back me up. But then I, I trust that one of the six or seven or eight of us We'll figure out what's going on, Mm -hmm. but we don't need to worry about that in the moment. Yeah, That was Molly Thomas. One last note about group games, and this is one that I stole from Shannon O'Neill. Sometimes in group games, everyone ends up in a scene, but a single person still hanging back on the back line. For instance, seven people in the scene and one person on the back line waiting to make a move. Maybe to make a move to give context to the scene or to walk on and be a voice of reason or whatever. Shannon's note for that person was always... Get in there. If it's a group game with nearly everyone out there, don't be that one asshole still on the back line. Instead, jump in and have fun with your team. You can still make that move to clarify or be the voice of reason as necessary. You'll just have to peel off from the group and re-enter that scene as a new character. So do that. Have fun with your team. That was episode 10, Group Games. Group games can be very messy when they're bad, but when they're good, they're incredible. My favorite scenes in any Herald I do are nearly always the group games. It's where I get to have the most fun with an entire team of incredibly funny people. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, and if you have any feedback for me, please send it to improv at curtisrutherford.com. That's C-U-R-T-I-S-R-E-T-H-E-R-F-O-R-D.com. Thanks to everyone who has already done so, and thanks to everyone who is part of this episode. Jonna Scribus. Uh, Joey Price. Devin Ritchie. Hi, Lydia Hensler. Molly Thomas. And I'm Curtis Rutherford. <laughs>